Welcome to the Bigger Pockets of Money podcast, show number 157, where Scott and I talk about how to have a money date with your partner. Set a time with your spouse that you both agree on to have this conversation. Again, don't do this right after a very stressful day at work. Pick the time of day or week that is really easy for you to have a nice conversation and sit down and have the conversation. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen. And with me, as always, is my getting a fresh start in 2021 co-host, Scott Trench. It's just truly remarkable how you mint these new introductions every time, Mindy. (laughs) Scott and I are here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else. We're here to introduce you to every money story because we truly believe that financial freedom is attainable for everyone, no matter when or where you're starting. That's right. Whether you want to retire early and travel the world, go on to make big time investments in assets like real estate, start your own business, or simply get started with some new goals with your spouse, we'll help you reach your financial goals and get money out of the way so that you can launch yourself towards those dreams. Scott, one of the things that we hear from couples over and over again when we interview them on the show is that they have a regularly scheduled money date with their partner. And we've never really talked about how to have a money date with your partner. I think today would be great to give kind of a step-by-step or or set some guidelines for our listeners so that they can start off 2021 with a brand new outlook on their financial future. Yeah, I love it. This is something that I think is really important. And I think that to more of a, a general goal setting conversation and then and then talk about how money specifically, I think, fits in that and how to have those conversations and be prepared in that. But like, this is something that I do. Uh, I know you do. You, you and, and, and Carl are on the same page when it comes to your finances. And I wouldn't say that Mindy and I are the end-all, be-all experts on this stuff, but we do nerd out about goal setting and, and this kind of stuff. And so I think that this could be a helpful conversation. We'll give you a couple of things to download if you're interested. Those could be found at the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash money show. 157. Those will include a couple of worksheets and those types of things if you're interested in it, all free. But should we get into it, Mindy? I think we should. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to financial guidance, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When Mindy and I want to upgrade our wallets, we turn to NerdWallet. Scott's right. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, Mindy and I were paying for vacations in cash, missing out on miles, and not even knowing what we're leaving on the table. But now we're flying through the skies for free, thanks to our new cards with more miles and upgrades than ever. So if you want more travel rewards, hotel upgrades, or airport lounge access, no matter where you go next, let NerdWallet help you make it happen with a killer travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms of each credit card issuer apply. The easiest way to collect rent? RentApp. RentApp is a seamless, secure, free payment tool for small rental property owners like you and me. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit rent directly into your account. Landlords love RentApp for its unbeatable convenience. 
Isn't it time you made rent collection easier? Rent app, the free and easy way to collect rent. Learn more at rent.app slash landlord. That's rent.app slash landlord. One of the most frequently recommended ideas that our guests have shared is the money date. Most of the couples we speak to have a regular scheduled time to sit down with their partner and discuss their financial situation. Today, Scott and I are going to tell you how you can set one up with your partner to set you on the road to financial success. All right. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it. So if you're listening to this episode, you are probably this, it's either you and your spouse together or you on your own. And likely you are the one who's more of the the goal setter or the person behind the, the driving force behind setting this up. If that's not true and your spouse is on board, you can probably skip some of what we're about to say. But if it is true and you need some help with that, listen on. So the first thing, if you're, if you're going to try to set up a money date or general goal setting discussion with your partner in the first place, the first part is actually setting that meeting and doing it in what I call peak state. If you're dragging your partner along and they're not, they don't really want to be there, or you're doing it yourself on a day where you're tired and exhausted, you're going to have a bad time. You're going to set mediocre goals and you're not going to realize, you know, get excited and realize your vision. So what does peak state mean? It doesn't mean it's like the best you've ever felt in your life, but everyone goes through these like ebbs and flows of um, you know when we're feeling really good and when we're feeling a little bit down in the in the dumps or whatever. And you want to, if possible, create a situation where you're setting these goals in a situation where you're in a great mood. That's you know probably uh, maybe after you've had your coffee in the morning or after uh, light to moderate exercise or after a really good day at work or in, on, a, on a weekend. It's probably not after six beers or after a hard day of work where you're a little demoralized or after a fighting match between your kids. Mindy, what, what would you? how do you think about your peak state? My peak state is probably right after I've gotten up, I've had my coffee, and I am relaxed and ready to go. Uh, my unpeak state is probably right after I get the girls to bed because they don't like to go to bed. They like to fight about going to bed. Every night, it's the same argument. Why can't I do this? Why do I have to go to bed so early? Why can't I stay up later? Blah, 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 blah. It's really not the best time for me to be setting my goals or talking about where I want to see myself in, in financially in five years. So that's not the best time for me. An- another good place is maybe on the beach on your honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, so Virginia and I uh, did this uh, while we were on our honeymoon on the beach. And yeah, it was after a workout and all that stuff. And you do it when you're feeling really, really good. And if you're not, you just postpone it and and, and do it another time. But yeah, whatever you need to do to to buy that peak state from your spouse in particular and bring it yourself, I think is key. So, you know, you may have to work and earn that one. So I I don't know how wives uh, uh, do this for husbands, but for husbands with wives, I have, you know, now four or five weeks of experience and things like massages, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, uh, honeymoons or trips, doing lots of the dishes for several weeks in a row, making a huge dent in cleaning the house or whatever. Those things all tend to, to be ways to put your spouse into a really good mood, big smile and and greeting, you know, extra big one every day when you come home or whatever it is, whatever it is you need to do. Uh, I think that to, to to set that up and get that conversation and build that excitement, I think is key. Without you know trying to force them into it, this is not a drag your spouse into the conversation type of event. Otherwise, you're going to set some mediocre goals that aren't really going to get bought in, and you're not going to be motivated to achieve them. Yeah, another thing I want you to think of when you are thinking about setting a money date is. No accusations. If you are listening to this without your spouse, you are the one who is the the one who wants to make changes to your financial situation. Accusing your partner 
of being the reason that we have to have this money date in the first place. It's not the right way to get buy-in from your spouse. Here is what I would like. I would like our financial situation to change. I think it is within our means to do this. I would like to do it with you. I would like to have a conversation together. Let's start off by looking at our financial page. Let's have a financial picture. Let's look at what our goals are. What are your goals? Where do you see yourself in five years? Let's talk these things through in a non-confrontational way. That is the best way to get buy-in in this. You're both in this together. It is not a competition. It is not a a battle, or it shouldn't be a battle. It should be a conversation where you're both on the same page and moving forward every single time you have this conversation. Yep. And, and I also think, you know, another rule that is closely aligned with that and that can avoid that accusatory state uh, in, in these meetings or this, uh, the, this, uh, this date is to come prepared with some homework and be ready to go with like, here's what I think, here, here's a vision that I'm painting for our future together, you know, and, and this should be based in and grounded in what you know about yourself and what you know about your partner, right? Like this is your spouse or your person, the person that you're going to be planning your financial future with. Surely, you know, some of the things that they like to do or the, the world in which they'd like to live. And surely as you paint a vision or begin the process of, of mapping that out, and how you want to move your financial position forward, that it supports those things that that partner wants to do in, in some of those ways. So and that, that we'll get into this in much in great detail here, but I think that that's, a, that's the third piece of this is, you know, if we're going to re- rephrase those, if we're going to restate all these three rules, it's set the goals in a peak state condition when you're both feeling up to it, energized, invigorated, and bought into the process. Don't accuse your partner of the one, being the one that's holding you back from the goals. Attack it together. And three, drive the meeting yourself and come prepared with your homework and your plans, to your, your initial stab at painting a vision for the future together and how you want to get there. Okay, so those are the rules of the money date. Let's talk about things that you should do before you come to the money date. You can't just say, let's have a money date. Okay, go. You need to come prepared. You need to do your homework and you should not expect your spouse to be as prepared as you are. That, unless you're both listening to this together and you're on the same page, that is not going to happen. So come in with your feelings and your thoughts in a non-accusatory way. So number one, you're going to want to track all of your spending and your net worth. And this is something that you can do retroactively by looking at past credit card statements and looking at your bank statements uh, and try to remember where your money has gone in the past month. Of course, we just had the holidays. You may have extra spending in December, but you can still see where money's going. Track your spending again in January. Maybe go back to November or October and see where your spending is there too. And if you're really gung-ho, go back six months because that'll give you a much clearer picture of what your average spending is if you can get that much data. But that might take you a few hours, but that will give you the most, I think, complete picture of what you're really spending on an average basis. Yeah. And and Scott just said the word hour. This might sound daunting, but you're changing your entire financial life. It's worth an investment like this. 
Absolutely. Now, if this is again, this is before the money date. So, if some of that that spending is you know controlled by your spouse, maybe they're not com- they're not combined or whatever. My suggestion, I think, would be to just track everything you can track, everything that you spend, everything that you have easy access to uh, in, in your in the, in the bank accounts that you can see. And if your spouse is very open and amenable, ask for that. But if it, if that seems like it's difficult, at least at first before the talk. Um, just track what you can track and figure out what you're what you're able to see there. Yes, and once you have tracked it all, go back and review it. When you're tracking it, you're doing it without any judgment. You're just writing down numbers, plugging in numbers. But once you have finished tracking your spending, go back and review where your money's going, and you will start to see patterns. If you're like me, if you're like anybody else, you will start to see patterns. Oh, look at me doing this on a consistent basis. And do I really need that? Is it where is your money going where you really want it to go? I know I harp on this all the time. Regular listeners are going to say, wow, Mindy, you've never told us to track your spending every single episode. There's a reason I say track it. It is so eye-opening when you haven't tracked it to when you first start tracking it, you're like, holy cow, I can't believe I'm spending money at these places. Because when you're spending the money, it's only a dollar. It's only $20. It's only $50. It's only whatever only means to you. But it adds up and it adds up a lot. And it's quite shocking. It was to me how much I was spending at different places. And it was so easy to change how much I was spending just by being cognizant of where my money was going. Yep. And and another tip on that, as you're doing that, you know, I think it's critical to bucket your spending into no more than let's call it five to seven major categories. You know, if if you need to, you can go slightly beyond that. But if you've got 25 line items in a spreadsheet, that is completely overwhelming and distracting and difficult to bring up with other parties. It's it's hard to do that at work with people who do this for a living. But I can only imagine how difficult that will be. To, to review that many line items with your spouse, especially if they're just getting started with this and getting introduced to these concepts. So bucket into five to seven categories. Your utility bill, that's part of your housing expense. Your gas, that's part of your auto expense, along with your car payment, along with your insurance, along with your maintenance, those types of things. Bucket them together. Keep it simple, stupid um, when, you're, when you're reviewing your spending there. Food, your grocery bill, and your eating out budget is food. Break them out within that category if you need to, if you want to go and take a deeper dive into it, if you think that's an inflection point. But for the purposes of your overall budget and your overall spending, lump them into those big categories and keep it super, super simple for those types of things. Entertainment, miscellaneous, and other one giant category. Dump it all in there, all the little little things that you're getting, those types of things. Um, Mindy's raising an eyebrow. You disagree with some of that categorization, Mindy? I do in the beginning when you are looking for places to cut. If you have an enormous gas bill, gasoline for your car, one of the, if you've got that lumped in with your insurance and your car payment, that can just be, well, I guess I just spend a lot on my car. When you break it out, you can see, oh, you know what? I never ever take the, I never consolidate my, my errands or I'm paying way too much for car insurance because I've never had it requoted or wow my car payment is a thousand dollars a month and I make three thousand dollars a month take home maybe I should reconsider my choices so for the purposes of this spending this first money date maybe having the the overall picture is good just to see it but when you're starting to look at where you can cut you definitely want to go in and nitpick everything 
Absolutely. And, and I just want to chime in. I completely agree with that. I just think that for the purposes of reviewing your budget, you, you're trying to create a pie chart, basically, right? Where are my big buckets of spending? And if my car and auto spending is $2,000, then I break into that. Then I, I break that one back out and look at that as an individual item. And then I do the exact same exercise, five to seven categories and say, okay, great. Now I'm spending all this money on gas or my car payment or my insurance. Wow, I can begin eliminating those, but I can at least zoom out from the highest level and say, oh, it's that car payment seems like a place to look. That's an 80-20 rule. Um, where, where, where I can be impactful seems to be in that car or the housing or the food or the entertainment portions of my budget rather than these other categories. And then of course you go in and do that deep dive. That's the whole point of that to make sure to figure out, you know, which item I want to cut back on this month or the next six months. Okay. That's fair. I'll give you that, Scott. The next thing you want to do before your meeting actually happens is to prepare a vision for your family. And that's you preparing the vision for your family. It's okay for this vision to morph over time and it will morph over time because once you get into the money date, you're going to ask your spouse to do the same thing. Prepare a vision for the family. During the money date, you're gonna compare those visions, but we're not to the money date yet. We're just doing the setup. So you wanna make sure that you have, you know, what's important to you? Do you wanna know where you wanna live in five years or do you wanna know where your kids are going to school? Do you have children? Is it a family situation? It's it's an overall, your first money date is very, very broad. In five years, I want to have a child or I want to be done having children. In five years, my oldest daughter will be out of the house almost, which is actually kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But also a little sad. I kind of feel like like I'm not old enough to have a, a kid that age, but I am definitely old enough to have a kid that age. Uh, you know, just what do you see? I want to be able to prepare to pay for her college. So in five years, my goal is to have enough money to pay for her college so she doesn't have to take out student loans. Yeah. And and when it, when it, when when it comes to this vision stuff, I'm sure you've heard it a million times from different places. We're not the people inventing this, of course. But my advice would just be to to keep it simple again. Don't write pages and pages in this vision, at least not the first time. Um, just do something that's like two or three paragraphs, less than half a page typed in, in Microsoft Word or Google Sheets or something like that. And and just say kind of think think about things like where do I want to live? What do I want my day-to-day life to be like? What do I want to do? I, what do I want to do in that day to day? Do I want to do I want to exercise? Do I want to eat? Be, be, do I want to be healthy? Do I want to um, enjoy times with time with friends and family? Do I want to be doing impactful work of whatever type it is that you, that you might want to be doing? What kind of environment do you want to be? We're in Denver, Colorado, at the, by the mountains and, and, and beautiful ski areas and hiking. Do you want to be there? Do you want to be by the beach? Do you want to be in the out in, in in the wilderness, in the woods, you know, or by a lake? Like, what what is it about your environment that you want to be in? What do you want your family life to be like? What kind of family do you want? And, and then just go around that. And, and so a great way, if you're struggling with this vision concept, to just get basically started is to download the what's called the wheel of life, right? And so it's a very simple circular spread like piece of paper. We'll, we'll link to it in the show, a version of it in the show notes. And it's just kind of, it, it creates arbitrary life categories like career, money, health, you know, business, uh, if you own a business, uh, fun, leisure, per, relationships, mental health and learning, those types of things. And you basically rank yourself like, am I miserable in this category of life or am I ecstatic? I mean, miserably being a one, ecstatic being a 10. And after you map it out, if you can 
follow along with what I'm saying here, you'll get like either a circle if you're really well balanced, or you'll get like a very spindly little thing where you're like eight on one and two on the other. Anyways, this can be a very helpful tool in just kind of getting you an idea about like where you feel you're strong, where you feel you're weak in life, and where you want to begin focusing on that vision. Like what do you, where do you want to be? So I recommend downloading that and just filling it out. It'll take a few minutes and give you kind of a picture, uh, a zoomed out view of, of how you self-assess your life, uh, which I think can help you write that vision. The next thing you want to do is set a time with your spouse that you both agree on to have this conversation. Again, don't do this right after a very stressful day at work. Pick the time of day or week that is really easy for you to have a nice conversation and sit down and have the conversation. Make sure your spouse is available at that time. Don't force them into anything. Again, you're asking them most likely to make some changes to their life that they may not be really excited about making. So a quiet evening where you don't have any distractions. And one of those distractions might be children. If you have young children and you can't have a time, there isn't a time available to have it after they go to bed, get a babysitter. Schedule somebody to come over or take the kids someplace else so that you have an uninterrupted conversation time. This conversation is gonna take a while. It is not a five-minute conversation. It's not a 30-minute conversation. And you don't wanna be rushed because you're talking about your financial future. So sit down with your spouse, have some snacks, have some light drinks. And and uh, Scott and I were like, hmm, maybe we should say skip the alcohol during the conversation. So, alcohol is for after the conversation. Yes. Have, <laughs> have a bottle of wine chilling for afterwards. Yeah. But during the conversation, you want to be clear-headed and open to the discussion. Yeah. And I, I want to go, you know, look, I, it's going to be different for everybody, but Mindy, you and I, we both just talked about this while we were kind of thinking through the show notes today. Both of our peak states are kind of in the morning or not not the early morning necessarily for me, but in, in the morning air, or hours, you know, right around, right around this time. We record these podcasts around 9 or 10 in the morning, Denver time. And that's about my peak state. That's when I feel like the best. That's I've, my, the coffee has kicked in and I'm starting to, to feel very energized. I've, I feel wide awake and ready to to get going. Prepare your goals, whatever that time is for you. And it, it may be in the morning, it may be in the afternoon, maybe in the very early morning if you're Mindy. Um, but prepare it then. And then I would bias towards moving more towards your partner's peak time, whenever they're going to be feeling really good uh, mm-hmm. when you go do your partner date, because you, know, you want to set that up. And I, I bet you that's not going to be on... Uh, a stressful day after work. It may be on a Friday night uh, or earlier in the evening on a date before you have the drinks. That could absolutely be it. But but just I would I would think about what it is your what what your partner's peak state would be before setting that up. And then you like Mindy said, making sure you have a quiet, dedicated time and space set up for that. Good tip, Scott. Yes, you want your partner to be on board and their peak state is more important than your peak state for this first conversation. As long, yeah, especially if, you, if you're able to set some time alone to do it, to, to figure out what kind of you want or your first draft of it that you might present at this meeting. That might be helpful. The last thing we want you to do before the money date is prepare an agenda and stick to it during the date. What does an agenda look like, Scott? I don't think an agenda has to be overwhelming. It might be three points. It might be get alignment on your vision. It might be determine some of the goals that you need to do for the next year to move towards that. And then to set a cadence for 
regular money dates and, and goal reviews on an ongoing basis. Might be as simple as that, just those three things. And I'm going to say, write this down on a piece of paper so it's not your computer screen that they can't see necessarily, but this is a piece of paper that you have. This is what we're going to do. Let's talk about our vision. So during the money date, bring your piece of paper that says, this is my vision. This is what I think would be great to have for our family, for our couple, for our household. And compare it to what their vision is. This can be rather eye-opening because not everybody's vision is the same. Really, really read through your spouse's vision. Let them go first. Let them explain anything that you have questions about. This is what I want. This is where I see us going. Yep, and, and you know, you you will know your spouse. So you may, we hope, a little bit better than we do. Um, so, so you don't have to come with the draft if you think your spouse will just want to work from scratch with it. You can have written down your thoughts somewhere else and be prepared with them to contribute to the conversation, but you don't need to have it prepared if that's not the way your spouse will roll. On the other hand, if your spouse really needs something very visual, you can bring that as a starting point. Or if they are, are proactive, they can. you can ask them to bring their own and begin working with that one. Uh, it's just whatever way you think is the most healthy way to work between you and your spouse, I think is the the right way to the right way for you. There's a whole bunch of options here, but I think I think it is we're erring towards the side of thinking through how the situation might go for a less a less than enthusiastic spouse, at least at first, and how to how to how to win them on board with this plan. So just if that's you, think about what you need to do to get there. Oh, and by the way, you have additional homework before the money date, which is to win your money date, which I think we mentioned earlier, but do whatever it is you need to do that's nice uh, to bring them in, uh, to, to, to get them really excited, whether that's the dishes for two months in a row, creating free time with the kids, uh, where you take the kids away for a day and, and give your, your spouse some, some alone time, um, or, or whatever else it is that's a set of nice, wonderful things you can do to make sure that your spouse is thrilled with you and excited uh, for, for this talk. Um, do it. <laughs> Spoken like a true, I've been married for five minutes guy. That's right. Yes. <laughs> but it's great advice. It's great advice. You don't want to start a whole week of fights with your spouse and then be like, hey, we got to talk about money now. That is not going to get a lot of buy-in. And look, if you have your date all set up and everything's ready to go and you have a big fight right before it and you're not in peak state, postpone it and try again another time, right? It, it's all it is. It's, it's like, don't overthink this. You just want to be in a good mood and feel in, in, in both being bought in and excited before you start setting goals for your life together. Otherwise you're gonna you're gonna set mediocre goals or not be, yeah, you know, really dreaming up the possibilities and bought into them. Once your spouse has shared all of their goals, start asking how can we make this happen questions. Yeah. So and, and I would output that into a paragraph format, right? So this is when you're talking about the vision, two separate things. The first step is the vision, which again, I would just I would just jot down in two or three paragraphs, something very simple. We are going to live here. Our life's going to look like this day to day. You know, Jane's going to do this and Joe's going to do this and yada, yada. Right? And you have a couple of paragraphs on that. And that's without worrying about the how. That's not goals. It's not, I need this much money to get there. It's just exactly what you'd like your life to be in three, five, seven, nine, 15 years, whatever you think is an appropriate timeline um, to get there. You just map that out and don't worry about the how. Then we get to the goals, the goal setting part, which I know is what Mindy's very excited about. <laughs> this show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago before I ever started my real estate business, 
I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb, and that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Pretty good episode, right? While you were listening, you could have been getting paid rent with RentApp. Landlords love RentApp because it makes rent collection a breeze. RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account. Setup is straightforward for renters. Landlords don't need to download anything. Both have peace of mind with a digital transaction history. Isn't it time you made landlording a little easier? Rent app, the best way to pay or collect rent. Learn more at rent.app slash landlord. That's rent.app slash landlord. Deciding how to invest your capital can be extremely challenging, especially when the market is constantly changing. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company that has a great track record. The BAM Capital executive team has successfully navigated through the Great Recession, COVID-19, and the current interest rate environment while delivering maximized returns to their partners. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator with over $1.3 billion in transactions, delivering a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has consistently paid preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partners' capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital's disciplined investment strategy is targeting undermanaged institutional quality trophy assets throughout the U.S. heartland for accredited investors who are looking for generational wealth building or monthly income opportunities. Their offerings target cash flow stability, capital preservation, long-term appreciation, and accelerated tax benefits. Join BAM Capital's over 1,200 investors across 44 states and get started today at BAMCapital.com. Again, that's BAMCapital.com. What if I told you that I, Mindy Jensen, the queen of budgeting, the personal finance fanatic, sometimes forgot to cancel my subscriptions? I know, it's horrible. $10 here, $15 there. My useless subscription bills could have taken my whole family out to dinner multiple times. Rocket Money can make all that subscription sadness suddenly vanish. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. You can see all your subscriptions in one place and cancel money-sucking subscriptions with a tap. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. That's rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. rocketmoney.com slash bpmoney. Okay, you want to come up with a plan for success. Remember, large changes are going to be met with hesitation. Your spouse is not 
really excited to change everything about them, especially if they are the perhaps reason that you are having this conversation to begin with. If you're not on the same financial page, chances are good you're listening to this. You're the one who's better with money. And I'm doing air quotes, but you can't hear those. So come up with a plan for success. Small changes are going to give you the best opportunity for that success. And they're easier to implement and become permanent. I don't want to cut out all my spending at Target. Maybe I cut out going every other week, or maybe I don't go on weekends, or maybe I only go with a list and stick to the list and I can't buy anything that isn't on the list. There are lots of ways to make changes to your spending without having them be draconian and you have to do this. It feels so awful to be told what to do. So coming up with a plan for success isn't you telling your spouse. It's you asking your spouse, how do you think we can achieve this thing that we want to change. That's right. Yeah. So it's all in the context as well of those, that bigger vision, like, okay, great. Now I've got that vision. I want to live on the lake with a boat and spend no more than 20 hours a week working a job that I love that has high impact. That's part-time. I don't need the money. I've got, you know, I'm, uh, and I'm spending most of my time with my family. We have friends over all the time and, okay, great. I'm making this up. This is not my vision. That's just one that I invented here. Okay. And so that vision requires now a certain financial position and other things that you're going to have to do. So maybe it's maybe it's you're going to have to uh, develop uh, forty thousand a year in passive income over the next five to seven or ten years. Great. Now, how do I go about doing that? Now I've got a one year or three year or whatever smart goal, right? A goal, a goal that is something measurable that I can begin working towards, and then from there you have to have the discussion about the best way to achieve that. Is it by compressing my budget? Is it by focusing on investments like real estate or other business opportunities? Or is it by just buckling down at work and getting that big promotion so you can get the uh, the next payday or whatever, right? And those are things that you're gonna have to work on with your spouse to figure out what's gonna be right. Although you should come in again with some directional guidance about how you think the best way to achieve it is so that you can initiate the conversation. It's one thing to initiate to, to initiate the conversation and have a baseline of a plan. It's another to tell your spouse what to do in that conversation. Again, you you're driving the meeting and driving this change, but you want to you want to do it with buy-in and get input. Yeah, I don't think I can stress how important it is to make small changes first. Mm-hmm. The five-year plan is not something that gets started tomorrow, jumping in with both feet and cutting out everything or completely overhauling absolutely everything about you, because that's going to be really, really difficult to maintain. What you want to do is look at the five-year plan. Okay, I want to have a better job. I want to increase my income. Okay, great. Let's look at what you need to do to increase your income. You need to change jobs. Now might not be the best time to be looking for a new job, but it's always a good time to be learning a new skill that can help you get to that next job. There's always an opportunity to look at different jobs in the same field 
A Purple Life said that she increased her income every time she changed jobs. So she changed jobs frequently. And the old advice not to change jobs and not to look like a job hopper is no longer really valid. So if your job doesn't have a great, your company doesn't have a great potential for increasing your income, maybe it's time to look at other companies, see what's going on in the industry. Obviously, if it's you know a volatile industry, maybe now is not the best time to try and get an extra couple of bucks. Maybe that would be better served after we have uh, figured out coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, I think that's that's 100% correct. The temptation I always have, because I get so motivated because, again, you're setting the goals in peak state. You're feeling really wonderful and enthusiastic. You and your spouse are on board. You've just done a million nice things for your spouse. Your relationship is at its peak level. Lots of things are going right going into your date. And you're like motivated to make all these changes at once. And you create a completely unsustainable plan. So I just did this recently and I have to walk back and make and go back and try to be a little, make some smaller changes that are more sustainable for me in order to, to, to move towards our vision. And so just think about that as you're doing that and, and, and know that the bias is going to be towards, you know, making, doing everything all at once. But if you can do something that's sustainable, you're going to be much more successful in the long run. Yeah. And as you find success in making small changes, then you can increase those changes or add in new changes. The last thing we want you to do when you're setting up a money date is to set a regularly scheduled date, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. I do believe if you're first starting out, a weekly or monthly date is going to have better success for you. I really want to do weekly. I want you to do every Friday night, every Saturday morning, every, you know, as just to check in with your spouse. Hey, we were going to do this this week. How did it work out? I keep saying spouse. I mean to say partner. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be that person. Oh, I, I think I think it's fine. It's it's it, yes. We want to use we'll, we'll bias towards partner, but I think that it's I I forgive you, Mindy. Thank you. Okay, so yeah, I I think that that's right. You know, set the regular cadence. And by the way, this this is beginning to sound overwhelming. It shouldn't be. You need to spend the time you need to set up your personal vision and those types of things. But your first money day can be an hour or 45 minutes to bang these things out. Perfect is the enemy of good in this case. And your vision, what you want, your goals will change over time. So don't lock in too hard to any of these things, especially at first. Write that vision, keep it in a draft, update it regularly at these weekly or monthly things. As you kind of learn more and move towards it, the target will will move slightly over time. So again, you don't have to get it perfect. Perfect's the enemy of good when it comes to this stuff. And these regular cadence meetings don't have to be like a two-hour in-depth board meeting where you go through every every detail in your 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 personal lives in a business like fashion. It can be a 15 or seven minute check-in where you just kind of walk through spending really quickly and then write down some goals together that you want to get done for the next week, three to five goals each or one to two goals each. Right? It does not have to be an overwhelming process if you're going to do it, especially if you're going to do it on the higher cadence, that more frequent cadence, like weekly or monthly. Uh, if you're going to do it quarterly or annually, maybe you set a little bit more time, I guess. I just want to highlight that when you are the one who is driving this conversation during your your subsequent check-ins praise your partner's successes while kind of highlighting your failures because when you are not seen as perfect when they are being praised for the things that they're doing the positive reinforcement is going to get more buy-in and more cooperation down the road and you know this sounds this almost sounds kind of manipulative and I don't mean it to be but 
you want your partner to be on board with you. So give them every opportunity to feel good about what they're doing. Absolutely. I mean, look, you're, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this together with your spouse, great. You're not having, you're probably not going to have this, this issue. But if you're listening to this and, and you're trying to, again, get your, get your spouse to approach this and begin doing these types of things, you, you need to give a lot more, uh, especially at, at the beginning of this, to, to get them on board, right? And so that means if you want to do a weekly or monthly review, you've got to buy that, that goodwill to a certain degree, right? And how do you do that? You, you again, go out of your way, make sure that they're in peak state and excited to go about this every time you go and meet about these goals and that it's showing, it's, it's helping them reap rewards in their lives, right? And so that, that comes down to, you know, how do you make it easy? How do you make it automatic? How do you make it at the same time? How do you get them excited about it? And perhaps one way to do that, which is what another one of our tips here is reward yourself and your partner as you move towards those goals, right? So what, what is it that you like? Do you like to travel? Do you like dates? But do, what is it that you guys like? And, and how do you uh, make sure that those are, those are granted as you move towards, towards the goals that you're trying to achieve and hit a couple of weeks in a row? Yeah, I I do want to say that if you are maybe if you're working towards fixing your finances, maybe your reward is a low cost reward, such as a delicious chocolate bar, or Mm -hmm. we get to go out for dinner at a relatively inexpensive restaurant, or we get to go out for drinks and have a babysitter, or we get to go on a hike, whatever it is that you reward yourself with, just don't undo all the positive work you just did by, you know, we went to the Bahamas, all expenses paid. I guess all expenses paid is is not... Make it proportional if that's the case, right? So if you're $50,000 in debt and you one of the milestones is paying off 25000 well, simultaneously put together that trip to the Bahamas if that's what if that's what it takes to motivate you. But make sure that, yeah, I, I would, you know, this is bigger pockets money. Let's be responsible with the, the money decisions and those types of things and make sure that they're effective in motivating you and your partner. And also, you know, continue, you know, don't completely derail you off your goals. You know, don't finance that trip with the credit card. Okay. So the last tip here, you know, following the money date is to uh, set up systems. I, I, in fact, I wouldn't even focus on the work necessarily after your money, your money date. I would focus on setting up the systems that will automate that. So for, for example, one of my things is I really want to improve my daily routine that I do uh, uh, every single day. I want to make sure I get a couple of things in um, around exercise, reading, like self-education. Yes, I'm, I'm starting to, to be one of those guys and, and go into meditation. I've uh, always been skeptical of that, but enjoying that so far. Uh, and, and so I'm just starting to do some of those types of things. And the key to sustaining that is to set up a system that makes sure that that happens no matter what every single day and that there's no way that it can't happen, right? And so that's been first thing in the morning for me. I have a little small routine and I also have the option to extend any part of that, but I never miss my six minute routine and I, or I guess seven minute routine and uh, I can extend it if I am feeling good about it and want to keep doing it. Well, that's interesting that it takes you six or seven minutes. I love that. That's anybody could do six or seven minutes. You could do a lot, almost anything for six or seven minutes. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, you can, you know, if, if, for example, tracking your spending was a big part of that, you could review your, your spending for one of seven minutes every day, right? You can browse one article for two minutes every single day, right? On a topic that you're trying to learn more about, right? You can, um, I don't know. It, there's a lot of things you can do, but if you can automate it so that you're able to just do at least one minute of activity 
every single day that moves you towards one of your, your, you know, your top five to seven goals. I think that will be, that will make a huge difference. I completely agree, Scott. Or, or better yet, do nothing and have it happen anyways. Right. So that's like, I'm going to automate that part of my paycheck goes straight into my 401k even better. So. And we want to hear about your money date successes because this is so key to so many other couples that we know who are financially successful because the money date is so key to their success, we want to hear about your success too. Send us an email, Mindy at biggerpockets.com, Scott at biggerpockets.com. If you would like to share a private message, go to our Facebook group and share it with the entire group. The group is there to give you, to boost you up, not to make you feel bad about any past issues that you have had. They are here to support you in your journey and they are super supportive. We have some really great members in our group. You can find that at facebook.com slash groups slash BP money. But we really want to hear how what's working for you or do you have, are you hitting up on an issue that you need some help with? We can crowdsource that. Absolutely. While we're there, um, one of the things that can, that people can struggle with is just basic getting started and templates. Like an example can be helpful sometimes. So again, we'll have examples. I think there'll be about four worksheets. Uh, one will be, and these are just simple Microsoft Word worksheets. These are, we are not goal setting professionals. We're goal setting nerds. So feel free to download them and print them out and modify them however you like uh, at biggerpockets.com/slash/moneyshow157. Uh, if you're interested in those types of things. Um, there's also a couple of really good books on the subject. Uh, one that I read recently was The Miracle Morning and, the, and more specifically, The Miracle Morning Millionaires, which is by Hal Elrod and David Osborne. Really enjoyed that. And that um, I think actually made a big impact on some of the goals that I'm setting. I'm still not necessarily a morning person, but I really liked what they had to say uh, in the book. Um, the power of... Uh, I just... Oh. Hold on, I want to I want to address that comment. I'm not a morning person. Scott once wrote an article that says I don't have to get up early to be successful in life, or something like that, on the Bigger Pockets blog. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do I do see the benefits in in getting up early. I'm just not very consistent about it, and don't think I will or need to be. But I think that the having a daily routine that encompasses some of the big things and the habits that you need to 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 set to be become successful over time. I think that's critical. I'm still skeptical about whether that needs to specifically happen in the morning, especially the early morning, or if it can happen in the late morning or afternoon. Um, <laughs> but well, I, I think that you can sleep later than some of us and you can also stay up later. So if you've got the same you know, 16 hours of awakeness, it's just shifted on the clock. Who am I to tell you when your 16 hours has to start? Yeah, I'm keeping an open mind, and I'm I'm I am beginning to attempt to get up earlier. We'll see how long I sustain it, Mindy. Maybe maybe if I sustain it for a long time and am able to get up earlier, I'll change my tune on it. Well, what, what what's another book you like on goal setting, Mindy? Scott, I really like The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. This book is older than dirt, but it is such a good book. And I have a problem with people who say, "Oh, just change your mindset and everything will change." Well, no, you also have to do work towards your goals. But changing your mindset can help you start to believe that you can achieve those goals. So this is not a book about, oh, just change your mindset and everything will fall into place. But it is a book on how you can change your mindset and help yourself get to where you're going. If you think, what is that phrase? If you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Or well, yeah, whether, whether you think, you think you can. Yeah. yeah. So this helps you get in a better place to start believing that change is possible. 
it doesn't make the work non-existent. You still have to do the work. That's right. Yeah. Um, on that note, there's another uh, another kind of three more, I would say, practical books that are kind of more templatized are going to be journals that that I think, you know, I've used or we've both used in the past. So the first is Living Your Best Year Ever, which is a journal from Darren Hardy. The second is the Bigger Pockets Intention Journal, which is a 90-day journal. The, the Living Your Best Year Ever will be a one-year, 52-week uh, journal. And then the 12-week year is another book that kind of gives you a framework around setting goals in quarterly chunks or 12-week chunks with a week off at the end for um, a break. All five of these books, The Miracle Morning, Miracle Morning Millionaires, The the Power of Positive Thinking, Living Your Best Year Ever, 12-Week Year, and The Intention Journal from Bigger Pockets are going to be linked to, again, in the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash moneyshow157. All right. So we're going to recap this. Uh, and if you're just listening and you want a 90-second overview, well, this will be it. So let's dive into it. What are the rules that we have for the money date? One, set them in peak state, right? Make sure that you are in your most energetic and enthusiastic uh, 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 state of mind before going and setting the goals. And then do whatever is in your power to make sure that your spouse is in their peak state coming into the conversation. Do your homework and come prepared with an agenda. Be ready to drive the conversation and don't Frame it from an accusatory position. Frame it as a you're in this together and we're going to go out there and build our best life together. And here's how money can support that vision. Yes, Scott said, do your homework. One of the things that you need to do before the money date is be prepared. Track your spending and your net worth. So you come to the date with a position of uh, knowledge. This is where we are at right now. This is where we want to be. Have your spouse prepare a vision for the family and you prepare a vision for the family. This isn't something that you should prepare together. You should each prepare it separately and then come to the date to have that discussion. Once you've tracked your spending, review the numbers to see if there's any patterns that are easily changeable. The money wins that you get in the beginning are going to be the small wins that you can cut out without actually missing them. Yep, that's right. During the money date, make sure you've got that uh, mutually agreed upon time. You're both energetic and in peak state. You've got the quiet and alone time to do it. You've got that prepared agenda. Get alignment on that vision. Mindy said prepare them separately. I think that is the best way to go about doing it, but know your spouse. And if that's not going to work and you want to, you have to start from scratch together and that's the healthier way to do it for you guys, have that discussion beforehand and do that. Discuss what needs to be done to achieve the vision. That's where you begin framing out those goals. Come up with that plan and then set a cadence to review progress towards it regularly. While you're doing that, again, focus on progress, not perfection. Good is better than perfect. And begin working towards those goals. Don't set enormous goals up front that are going to require you to be a perfect paragon of virtue and success right from the beginning. Focus on something that is easily achievable, that can be done every single day without fail. And if you can, just a a minute or two on each goal per day can make meaningful progress towards it. Yes. Highlight your spouse's successes. Your partner is probably not the driving force for this change. So you want to make sure that you're highlighting what they're doing right. Don't really focus on their negatives, but maybe focus on the failures that you have had that week or the missteps that you have made. Hey, I've done this, but I can do better next week. It 
That sounds so manipulative, Scott. And I don't mean it to be manipulative, but you want them to feel good about what they're doing. So continue to highlight what they're doing and praise their successes. Yeah, I I just think genuine joy of working towards the goals together and uh, a system of rewards that you set up that really that you enjoy, but really your spouse enjoys uh, is the right way to go about uh, setting those things up. I love it. I love it. And when you're having your, in the beginning, when you're having your more regularly scheduled meetings, weekly or monthly is the best choice for you right now, just so you can continue to stay on top of your goals. If you have a goal and, hey, we're going to change our finances, talk to you in a year, it's probably not going to set you up for success. Continually talking about it, revisiting frequently is going to give you the most chance for success. See what's working and what isn't working. And if there's something that just isn't working, scratch it or move it to the back table and focus on the things that are working. That's right. And and don't be an authoritarian when it comes to uh, setting these these goals and, and the, the money dates and those types of things. Focus on progress, not perfection. And keep it simple. This is not an hour a week commitment that you guys both need to do to review everything in detail. It can just be a small check-in um, to keep you on track and reset. You know, Scott, if you'd like some information about what sort of things you should be talking about... On November 1st, we tried something new where we reviewed a listener's finances to see if we could identify any tweaks that he could make that would have a larger impact on his finances. And we discovered that people really liked that episode. So we created an entire new weekly episode of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast where we are reviewing people's finances on real time, real life stories from people who listen to the show on the path to financial dependence like you and are looking to see if they can optimize their finances. These episodes release every Friday, including this very next Friday, which is January 1st. Happy New Year. We sit down with Wayne from New Jersey and talk about where he can make changes in his finances to further him down the path towards financial independence. Yeah, I think I think that's a great like that that could be a very a good first step as well in this is like well first. Listen, of course, you know, the, the number one key is to Listen to the extra episode of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast, the finance review, which Mindy and I are really excited about. So again, that's a great yeah, given step one. But you know, a step two could be like after you listen to a few of those, if you feel, hey, I'm a little in over my head, and it's going to take me a good six months of continuing self education to really develop a clear financial plan. Maybe it's worth as part of your money date setting up a goal to meet with a financial planner and begin kind of mapping out uh, that approach as well. Um, and maybe the or maybe the that listening to a couple of financial reviews will help you do that on your own. Oh, Scott, we talked to Kyle Mast way back on episode forty-one about how to find a good financial planner. What you're looking for is a fee-only financial planner, and you can find them at the XY Planning Network. But what you want is somebody to look at your situation, see where you're at, where you want to be, and make a path for you to get there. A financial planner is a really great asset for you, even when you're starting out. Uh, one of the things that Kyle said during that episode was, you know, you don't have to have a million dollars in net worth before you sit down with a financial planner. And you don't have to sit with them every month, every year. You can go and talk to them and then come back in five years and talk to them again after you've made some progress, after your net worth has grown, after you've paid down your debt or whatever, and see, you know, get another bit of direction. 
Yeah. And, and remember, Mindy and I are not financial planners. Everything we're doing is for entertainment purposes only um, and those types of things. But perhaps in listening to those, you may, you may discover some things um, from other people's financial positions that could help your own. Yes. Our little disclaimer there. Yes. Yes, we are not financial planners, but we have been around for 100 years. Okay. And yeah, like I said, these are part of the same Bigger Pockets Money podcast. You don't have to descri- subscribe to anything new. They'll just start showing up in your in your feed on Fridays. I have had a lot of fun recording them and we're looking for more people to talk to. If you'd like us to review your finances on the show, please fill out the form at biggerpockets.com slash finance review. Absolutely. Now, last tip here is I, I think a big thing to do as you're kind of heading into the new year and setting these goals is it can feel like a vacuum when you're talking about finances. Um, you know, when you're when, maybe like the stuff that we're talking about on the money show is not stuff that your family, friends, or colleagues are talking about, and it's kind of a different viewpoint on how to how to live your life and how to run your your personal financial situation, and that can be overwhelming or demotivating. So, what I recommend is finding a way to saturate yourself with more of this type of stuff. And one way to do that is social media. So we've got, of course, the Bigger Pockets Money Facebook group, the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Rookie Facebook group. You can just type these into Facebook and find them. You can follow money folks or some of the many of the guests that we've had on Instagram. You can join other communities. Uh, hey, I you know I love our Bigger Pockets Money Money community, and I'm the most active there. But I'm also a member of other communities out there, like the Mustachians community for Mr. Money Mustache, and the Choose FI has a great community, and the FinCon community is great. But go join these communities online, especially the Bigger Pockets Money community, of course, and <laughs> just saturate yourself with that stuff. I think it's going to be a lot more healthy and will keep you motivated and focused on your goals as you see that kind of those kinds of things popping up in your feed rather than unhealthy stuff. That's really funny that you say that, Scott. As I scroll through Facebook, that's basically all I see is Bigger Pockets Money, Bigger Pockets Official Group, Real Estate Rookie, Choose Fi, Choose Fi Real Estate, uh, and one that I... I'm a member of because I'm a real estate agent. And it's, I'm always thinking and talking about money and real estate. And I'm, Doing a lot with money and real estate, and it's just yeah. I'm not I'm not hearing bad news. I'm not hearing about politics, political events, or whatever. I'm hearing about per, you know people succeeding with money and tough, interesting, nuanced debate on you know various different items. Like, should I go with this index fund versus this one that are almost so close, identical, the same that it doesn't matter at all? Yet f- several hundred people have an opinion <laughs> on it. That's healthy stuff to be surrounding yourself with, or more healthy than a lot of the other junk that used to show up in my Facebook feed. So that's what I just encourage people to do: is 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 figure out a way to surround yourself with that stuff. Um, turn off the news. Turn off the 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 other stuff that's yeah you know if you if you can at least on a default basis and make it so that the, the default is you're surrounding yourself with with like-minded folks in the community because there are millions of them and there's lots of enthusiasm yes and you will find that you are not the only frugal weirdo on the planet it can be really difficult when you feel like you're an island and nobody else cares about money and nobody else talks about money and nobody else is cutting back and everybody else has a better car and everybody else has better clothes and better everything, everything. That's not the case. In most situations, that's not the case at all. So it's it's really refreshing to get involved with a community that has the same mindset that you do. All right. So your homework for after this episode is one, 
go set up that money date. If you need help, you can download some of this free stuff we have on the website uh, at biggerpockets.com slash moneyshow157. Second, check, check out a book on goal setting. Um, it can be any one of the ones we listed, or you can just Google books on goal setting and figure out another one from there. Third, go check out the... Just do exactly what you've always been doing and keep downloading the latest episode of the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. There'll just be two a week now going forward. Our regular one on Mondays and then the finance review where we do an in-depth uh, dive into a listener's personal finances on a weekly basis. And that will continue probably for the duration of 2021 and maybe in perpetuity. Um, perpetuity is a big word. Uh, and then lastly, <laughs> go figure out a way to get your social media feeds to start showing you more personal finance, money, success, healthy or investing content and less junk and garbage from unhealthy folks in your lives or conversations that are not productive or political debates, especially. I know those suck me in or used to um, before I kind of got my feed cleaned up. But go ahead and take control of that by signing up for accounts and then snoozing or, or blocking the stuff that is not productive. I love that idea, Scott. We have so many friends in the personal finance space, and there are so many different voices out there. There is absolutely somebody there that can talk to you, speak your language, and say the things in the way that you need to hear them in order to enact change. So check out the new bloggers. Check out the personal finance Twitter. Check out people that we've had on our show. We're going to continue to bring you people who are in this space sharing their money journey and showing you that this is possible no matter what position you're starting from. That's right. Well, should we get out of here, Mindy? We should. Scott, from episode 157 of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast, he is Scott Trench. I am Mindy Jensen, and we will see you next year. <laughs> the That's joke right. that never, ever gets old. Oh. <laughs> the end of your joke that never that. gets old. I'm excited. I'm excited for that one. This has been <laughs> quite a year. All right. Yes. Bye, everybody. Bye. The market is changing, and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom, and the best investors know it's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into real estate investing or take it to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With the BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly matched with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.